Hi, welcome to Swordnet Radio. This episode is the next chapter in our Warrior audiobook. In this chapter, we step away from Ellen, Nate and Stephen and join the second half of the story. This is set in a country called Banagar, which is north of Kota. If you're listening along with the 5e adventures, that's where the party currently is in the home of the Dragon Cult. But this is set a couple hundred years before that. This chapter is titled The Wolf's Teeth. This is the Wolf's Teeth. I am Clay the Moor. I am Banagar. I am alive. Hal Malar blocked an overhead cut and in the same fluid motion stepped to his left and stabbed his five-foot greatsword into his opponent's groin. The man fell back with a cry as bright red arterial blood gushed out of a deep wound. All around, warriors armed with their similar massive swords and with red armbands were battling against a ragtag force of raiding pirates. The raiders had come up from the Southlands and easily outnumbered their foe. Around 50 of them to about 15 of the northerners. They could not match the swordsmen for skill and ferocity, however, and were being driven back towards their boats. Through all the chaos strode Melar, his sword blocking, cutting and stabbing in graceful but deadly flowing arcs. His face was set in a grim smile as he pushed his small troop towards the riverbank. He was an imposing figure, tall, lean and muscular, with short blonde hair and bright blue eyes. He was approaching middle years, but could have passed for a man a decade younger. Melar was effortlessly cutting a sway through the pirates of Kotav, although only five of his men still stood. Thord's curses on them, he thought. Damn Kotavari pirates and their plundering. All they ever got out of them was more dead to carry back to Kotav, and in return some promising young men of Banagar had to give up their lives. He lashed out angrily at an attacking Kotavari, his greatsword's honed edge almost decapitating him. Melar and his troops had wiped out over half the raiders when they started to flee. As they got to their boats, however, they stopped and cheered. Hal Melar looked downriver and saw another five large boats silently poling their way upstream. In a brief respite, he thought back to the quarter of a century of physical training and weapons practice that had led him to this moment. He'd been selected from his village at the age of 15 by a quite frightening man with short cropped hair and a red shirt. He had then travelled through the mountains to the high lock of Glynshon, the home of the Clathe. Here he'd been tested and trained, trained and tested for ten years, until he was deemed good enough with a blade, body and mind to become a full member of the Order. Fifteen years later, and he was now one of the Order's masters, which, if he'd known it, made him one of the most dangerous men in the world with a blade. He sighed. They were an hour's run from the fortress, where they'd be safe, but there was no way they would outpace the pirates now, having fought a tough running battle for the last hour. He turned to the remaining five men, young men, who had only just become Clay the Lar, the first rank after apprenticeship. The Kotavari had drawn up to the bank and were leaping out. Go on, you lot, he said, his voice level. Back to Sudvak. They looked at each other. Did he mean for them to go back to the fortress and leave him? But we can fight, began one. No, answered Melar, firmly but quietly. You all go, now. This isn't the place for you. There was no further argument offered, and one by one they turned and began to run north. He watched them go, heading away from the river, 
and up to the hills that mark the border between Banagar and Kotev. Beyond these, dappled purple and green as the sun moved behind small wisps of cloud, the elder and Muno mountains rose towards the sky. White patches of permanent snow on the highest of them. The only gap in these jagged bright teeth of Banagar showed where the great river Oster wound its way out of Banagar. Melar thought of the steep sides of the great valley, a great fortress of stone sitting on the edge of the cliffs, guarding the only easy passage into Banagar and watching over the foaming river below. This was where his young charges were heading, and he was going to do his damnedest to make sure they got there. No, he whispered to himself sadly, watching the young Banagarians run. This isn't the place for you to die. Hal Melar turned back towards the masked coat of Ari, his greatsword held two-handed. He grinned. The sun was shining, the grass was very green, and he could hear the soft sounds of the river flowing on its way to the great bay of Kotev. He could sense fear in the leading Kotevari men. They knew who he was. They could read fearlessness in his eyes. He swung his sword around, and held it with both hands together above the cross so it pointed directly downwards in a traditional clay salute, picking out the officers among the raiders by their bright red socks. He hardened his stare and his heart. When he spoke, it was loudly and clearly, and without a trace of fear, but not in a language the pirates could understand. It still chilled them to the bone, though none of them could have explained why. This is the Hansakan Tuna, he intoned. Igvi Clay the Moor. Igvi Banagar. Igvi Lefandi. He glared at them, a grim half-smile, half-snarl on his lips. Come on then, you sons of dogs, he continued, stepping towards them, raising his blade above his head. Let's see how well you die. The five young men stopped at the crest of the first big climb up from the flat lowlands of the river's floodplain. They were all breathing hard from the run, but none looked uncomfortable. The eldest, Curl, looked back down onto the plain, where he could just make out the large group fighting near the river's edge. He wiped the sweat out of his eyes and breathed in deeply, the air rushing into his lungs tasting sweeter than ever. Will he live, do you think? asked one of the others. It's up to the Aldeon now, Curl replied. They know he's a tough man. Did you see how he fought? He stood like hail. The others started chatting between themselves about the master's skill with his blade as they continued their run. Curl knew it would be a miracle if Melar survived, and he knew he'd save their lives. Thank you he thought. By all the moons, we'll give you a grand funeral. This story was written by Paul Bennett and Robert Sanderson and is copyright 2015. If you've got any comments, questions, feedback, get in touch with us at swordnutradio at gmail.com, that's swordnutradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at swordnutradio. I'd like to remind people about the competition. If you've got your own stories, they don't have to be set in this world. They don't have to be about our characters. Anything you've written will be fine. Or if you've got some art, again, it'd be nice if it was art about our story, but it doesn't have to be. It could be anything at all. If you've got some memes, if you've got some jokes, if you've got some fan fiction that you want to do, do it. And send it in 
to swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com. And you'll be entered into the competition for a chance to win some Swordnut swag. We haven't really figured out what it is yet, and we haven't figured out when the end date is, but it'll probably be sometime in spring 2016, or uh, maybe the end of winter 2016. We'll keep you posted. But send some stuff in, make us feel things, win some swag. Thanks for listening. So-